This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So come on and let's go and enjoy another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Well, all right! It is I, Dr. Fuck, from Thrash or Die. And if you want to know, I am here with a dick, so do the click. Yeah! That's right, it's poetry. It's the poetry episode. Uh, how you doing, Ian? Fine, and I think that's a haiku. Haiku? <laughs> Why do you have to yeah. speak Swahili to me, bro? Haiku you too. <laughs> Alright, so how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, wow. I'm pretty liquored up and ready to go. You're always a happy guy, but I blame that on liquor. Yeah, yeah, well, that's why I love liquor. I like the liquor, too. Hey, hey. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank uh, all our listeners out there for supporting both of our radio shows. are doing amazing on uh, thatmetalstation.com. Of course, you got the amazing Dr. Funk show that you can hear Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. And it's repeated Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. His show's so good, you get to hear it twice. Mine, you only get once. And that is Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern to 1, uh, depending on the schedule. If I can go longer, I go longer. But my show is in jeopardy, unlike Rouse. Rouse secured. But mine's in jeopardy because uh, we have to get this new program, and we're funding it through these shirts. And a lot of people have already bought them. We have two shirts. We have a Rock and Metal Combat podcast shirt. And we have a Wadzilla Rock t-shirt. Now, you can only get these when you're listening to the show. You can get the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast t-shirt till March 4th. You can only get the Wadzilla Rock show to March 8th. And this is strictly a fundraiser, you know, to pay for this new program that Scott Green needs to keep me on the air. So that's only if you like me. If you just like Ralph, don't worry about it. Save your money. But if you like me, buy a t-shirt. But if you like Ralph and you want a picture of Ralph on a shirt, buy the Rock and Metal Combat podcast t-shirt. All, all funds go to the show, and uh, we appreciate all of you who have already bought one, but you guys that are on the fence and saying, next week, time is running out. So get them now and get a couple for you and people you love or for somebody you hate. All right, cool. I also have a special offer going on as well. Uh, as you know, there is a, a vinyl, Thrasher Die vinyl coming out. Uh, the good people at www.Miami Metal Merchant are, uh, are selling the vinyl. They're financing it. And I found a little way to help them out a bit. I mean, there has been, there, there has been many pre-orders, but, uh, you know, that guy's shaking his boots a little bit. And I'm like, dude, people don't like the pre-order shit. People like, people like shit right away. But uh, in this case, you know, I felt like, and it has worked so far. So as a special offer to anybody listening to this podcast, I, I, I gave this special offer to the, my YouTube viewers, but I'm going to give a special offer to you guys. If you order, if you pre-order the vinyl, now I got to find out. You got to get let me know. So if you have me on Facebook or, if, you know, 
you sell drugs to Ian, you tell Ian and he'll tell me. Yes, I will uh, do. Uh, I am giving, I'm giving away for free. Now this is rare, Ian. This is super rare. Nobody has this yet. I'm the only one in possession of the very last Jimmy Bain show on video. That is true. The last, last, that last in line show where he died three days later, I filmed the complete show. Now, if you pre-order the vinyl, I will send you that for free. Now, if you pre-order the vinyl, you also get a free CD from Miami Metal Merchant. But, but if you're a podcast listener, that's a special offer I'm giving you guys. Buy one, and this offer ends on the on the, the first, which uh, what's today? Twenty fifth. Shit. Wait, hold on. Let me look. Uh, oh my God! It ends Tuesday. Yes. Uh, all right, I'm going to make a special offer just for the people on the podcast because I told everybody that, that it ends March 1st. But if you're a listener of the podcast, because we, we aired the 28th, so you're only going to have a day. So I'm going to I'm gonna make it till the 5th. Fuck it, the 6th. A full week. What a nice guy. Uh, Mar- uh, February, I mean, up to March 6th. Uh, you're going to have one week uh, to, to pre-order. Now, I need to find out uh, if you're a podcast listener because I'm also giving away, you know, like a KISS, Kiss DVDs to, uh, to the Almost Human page and Black Sabbath DVDs to the Eternal Idols page. Now, if you guys are thinking, well, I'd rather have that than the Jimmy Bain, well, then go on the Eternal Idols YouTube page or the Almost Human 56 YouTube page and you see my video, the special offer. But that you better look at it now, because it goes down on the sec on the first, which is Tuesday. So if you're listening to this after Tuesday, the only thing available is the Jimmy Bain, and believe me, it shit's awesome. Type in "Last in Line Invisible" on YouTube, and you get to see what the footage looks like. So that's my offer. So what else is going on here? Well, I just want to say that's fucking amazing, and uh, I did John the pre-order. I ordered the vinyl right away and i don't even have a fucking record player but i want this shit on vinyl because someday i'm gonna have it and the album is so fucking good i mean i mean all seriousness people if this wasn't on your top list of last year's albums you're fucking deaf because fucking melting your skull was fucking amazing and then to get a special offer like this not only do you get that cd but to get like you know the last show of jimmy bay with the incredible uh, last in line, it's amazing. Or the the Kiss DVD, or the fucking Black Sabbath DVD. I mean, who else is gonna do this shit for you? The Doctor Fuck. I mean, it's, that's it's a- free. Uh, the thing yeah. is that it doesn't cost you any extra. Like, if you buy, you know, there's a couple people like you that already paid for, it and they're like, hey man, uh, don't I get a DVD? And I sent everybody a DVD, like Nate and Aaron. I, I haven't sent you one, Ian, but I will send you it. Plus. Oh, I will send you the thirty dollars for uh, for doing me that that favor. I asked you to say my album was good. <laughs> All right. Well, here's something I know a lot of people are tuning in to hear because you talked about it online. You made people wait for this, and uh, oh man, you are ever the salesman because what a way to get people to tune into this. Uh, you went as we're recording this. You went last night to see the first date of the Iron Maiden Book of Souls tour. So what I know I would like and everybody else would like, 
let's hear your review of said show. Okay. Uh, everybody you know, gives me a bad rap being this Iron Maiden hater and shit like that. You know, because I'm not the biggest fan of the later stuff. Uh, and, you know, but, you know, I I like them enough to go see them. You know, it's like it, for Iron Maiden to come play, uh, it's a very rare thing. And they are a historic metal band that, you know, I'm a big fan of the early stuff. But I knew going to this show, I knew what to expect. It's another one of those, let's promote the fuck out of the new album and throw and, and throw them a couple bones, classic song bones, which exactly what it was. Now, uh, I've been to one prior that was the Final Frontier Tour. That was so fucking bad. I mean, I spent most of the time in the, at the beer stand. And then I would walk in to watch like... I even walked in to watch The Evil That Men Do, and I don't even like that song so much, but at least it was 80s. Well, this one was no different, really. It was pretty much the same thing, because The Evil That Men Do was the, the rare one for this one. Well, this year, the rare one was uh, Children of the Dam. Now, everybody is like, oh, wow, Children of the Dam, that's rare that they play that. Well, you know, the last time I, uh, the time I saw Maiden seven years ago, on the Somewhere Back in Time tour, they did play Children of the Dam. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining, but you know, let's not go crazy saying how it's so rare that they played it. They played it seven years ago, but at the same time, it is my favorite Bruce Dickinson Iron Maiden song, along with Hallow Be The Name, so I'm not complaining that they played it, and they played it very early in the set. It was like the third song. But uh, here's... Uh, here's my complaint because you know it's coming. This is my complaint about the show. And then I'm, I've got great things to say about the show. Unlike Stephen Kirsch, who hated it all the way around. Just kidding, Stephen. I was busting his balls because he thought I was going to give a bad review. But actually, I got it overall. I thought it was a really good show, and I enjoyed myself. And I can't say it sucked at all. But well, it did have some sucky parts, which I guess I'll. What should I do first, Ian? The good or the bad? <laughs> I, I want to hear the suck. All right, the suck. Okay. The way the songs, the way the show started sucked. I saw one guy online say, whoa, man, he's just changing it up a bit. Get off the... Let me fucking grab some, ha some, some fucking clippers so you can fall off their nuts, you fuck. <laughs> I want a good bombastic start to a show. That's the way it is. I'm sorry. This show started with that opening track on the new album, which is not a bad song. I think when we reviewed the album, I said it wasn't bad. I don't remember. It's not a bad song, but it's, it was. It just did not make me go, whoa, what an what an intro, like and like an ace is higher, evil or uh, eagles, you know, where eagles dare, or whatever. It's not one of those songs. It's more of a I don't know. It starts kind of slow and then it goes into a mid-tempo thing you know it's not like steve harris comes running out and pointing his bass like a fucking like a fucking uh gunman so that was kind of disappointing then they go into the next track which is what was the name of that song the lightning or some show uh like speed of light speed of light now i gotta tell you man that song with a couple others from the new album was way better than the album version. Actually, it was like, wow, this song's good live. I like that song. I, I yeah. thought it was, uh, dude, that song, for me, in my opinion, 
it's it's a hundred times better live. Where cool. the where where I would say the first song I enjoyed it more on album. From the eternity whatever fault. Then Children of the Damned. And then, you know, uh, okay, and then I think it was Tears of a Clown or something. That was so disappointing. So Tears of the Clown sucked the life out. Then the next song was another new song, The Red and the Black. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Really? Yeah. Good good live? Again, another song that I didn't really like on the album, but I enjoyed it live. And I was like, well, all right, man. This is not like Final Frontier, where they bored me with the wind, where, with that song, When the Wind Blows. Oh, that was horrible. The or song El, blows. El Dorado and all that yeah. fucking shit. I mean, that album yeah. was, I'm, I, you know, no offense, but that album was so piss poor that not even Iron Maiden repeated any of those songs last night. Hey, Terrence said that's in his top five Maiden albums. Why he loves that, I know. <laughs> okay, so then after that, the predictable, but fuck it, I'll take it, is The Trooper. To me, this is a really good part of the show. Because after they played the Trooper, they went right into Power Slave. Nice! Which was awesome. Nice. That was awesome. I mean, I wish Bruce Dickinson wore the little feather mask, but what, what can you do? Oh, by the way, Bruce Dickinson was wearing some brown slacks. I don't know what the fuck was up with that. He wanted to be like uh, like the tourist in a voodoo nation. Voodoo. <laughs> voodoo you know, because... The stage, the way the stage was set up, it made it it made it feel like a jungle with voodoo people. You know what I mean? Welcome to Jurassic Maiden. Exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, his his sense of wardrobe wasn't that great. But actually, think about it. When has it ever been good? Bruce Dickinson has wore some funky clothes through the years, even in the later years. Yes. Anyway, so uh, yeah, David, David David Lee Roth once said he looked gay. Yeah, even Daily <laughs> Roth laughs at the way Bruce is. So uh, after Power Slave, they do another new song, Death or Glory. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Again, a great song live. Really? Okay, yeah, it, to okay. me, it was like the flow was fine. You know, I can't even remember that song, but I remember that it was a, it was a toss-up between that and Speed of Light, what would be the lead single. Right. But, uh, oh, it was good. It, it actually. Okay. Good. But then uh, the next song ends the new album. Okay, that's it. They did like what five songs, which is not that bad. Yeah, yeah. They did, did it, six ahead. songs total off the new album. Six. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, which was my favorite song, the title track, "Book of Souls." Uh, can't say it was better live. Say it was pretty much like the album because I love the album version. So, but okay, "Book of Souls." was great and then it was classic time. And then my 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 tied for favorite Iron Maiden song of all time with Dickinson, Hallow Be Thy Name, which is always welcome. I know it's always in the set list, but I don't mind because it is my favorite tune by them. With Children of Damn. So I got both. Just like I did on the Somewhere Back in Time tour in Fort Lauderdale. They played both those songs too. Great song. Then going into Fear of the Dark, which I like Fear of the Dark. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a shitty uh, song. I don't really think it's a shitty song. But live, come on. Enough. Yeah, yeah no. It's, man, that's one to me that needs to get retired. Uh, please tell me after Fear of the Dark they played Prodigal Son. Uh, the, the, well, the one good thing I can say about this show was they only played one Deano song. 
So I only got to hear Bruce butcher it. And not only, but he really butchered Iron Maiden. Really? Which was after Fear of the Dark. Yeah. I don't know if any footage of it is out, but he sang it all the time. He even made a joke about it. Oh, like, wow. He came in too early and too late in some parts of the song. Um, yeah, and you know, your typical with the Eddie running around. Oh, no, Eddie ran around later. Uh, then the encores. The predictable encore, The Number of the Beast. Great song. Don't mind it. Now, after that, they're on a roll. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying myself all the way since uh, Tears of the Clown. The set list is even the new stuff. I'm enjoying it. This shit's good. Then we go into the next song. Why do they have to play Blood Brothers again? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why. This one is about uh, Steve Harris's father who died. Okay. And, and, and it's been a mainstay since then, and I got a bad feeling that it's right there with Fear of the Dark. Like, you know, because they played when I saw them on uh, Final Frontier Tour. I think this one's going to stay in the set list till they're done. And it's unfortunate because I hate that song. But you know what? I'm not alone. A lot of other people cannot stand Blood Brothers. I can't, man. I, can't, I never... Well, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Brave New World. So I know uh, you are. And yeah, a lot I of love people it. Are. I love Ghost of a Navigator, which unfortunately only was played on the Brave New World tour. Great song. I love that song. I think that's like one of the best songs. That, you know, and Book of Souls are my two favorites of the since Bruce's been back. Yeah. I'd rather hear The Resurrection of Benjamin Bragg. That's another that. good song. I got to say, that's a song that... You know why I like that song? Because that song is a little different. It, it, it goes on way too long. But if they would have trimmed that shit to like five minutes, dude, that could have been another Aces High or Two Minutes to Midnight. That could have been another modern-day Maiden classic. But it goes on way too long. But right. the, the basic structure of it, it is a great Maiden song. Yeah, well, okay, so going back, uh, so after Blood Brothers, they end the show with Wasted Years, which is, you know, I don't hate the song. I mean, I kind of don't like Bruce Dickinson's voice on it, even on the studio version, but musically, I always liked it. It has that cool riff, and it's it's very catchy, so I didn't mind that. So overall, it was a good show, almost great. Um, I left happy. I, I will admit... Bruce Dickinson's voice was a little strainy through the show, but you got to remember, this is a guy that hasn't sang since the cancer problem. So um, maybe, you know, he needs a, more sh a couple more shows under his belt to warm up, I'm hoping, because it was reminding me of, like, that late 80s Bruce that was really annoying me back then. But uh, uh, our buddy Stephen Kirsch uh, was complaining about the Eddie. I thought the Eddie was cool as fuck when it was walking around. At one point, it was grabbing its dick. Then it gave us the finger. <laughs> I watched the video because somebody actually filmed it, and I finally saw it. So the part where Eddie's grabbing his dick, he's actually air guitaring. <laughs> but when I watched it live, I was like, wow, dude, he's grabbing his dick. You know, it was really funny. He gave the people the finger, It was, and he had an axe, and he was swinging it at the band members. I enjoyed that, Eddie. And then, like, uh, at the end of the show, a big inflatable Eddie head of the, you know, the voodoo Eddie came up and I really dug it. I, I dug the whole voodoo Eddie thing. Um, so, but Stephen Kirsch didn't. 
Stephen Kirsch also said that Janet Gares is amazing, is fucking annoying on stage. Well, I have to say to Stephen Kirsch, water is wet too, you know. <laughs> that guy, I dude, seriously, why? I have a feeling Janet Gears has pictures of Steve Harris fucking like animals. And that's why he's still in the band. Because seriously, he 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 really doesn't he all he brings are soppy guitar solos and annoying stage moves. What well, what gives? I don't know. I, I I'm one of the few ones I like Yannick. And it, it I mean he's very bombastic and uh you know, I don't know, but I, I like Yannick. I don't know. Man. I think that shit belongs in a in, in poison, not in Iron Maiden. All right. Well, thank you so much for your review. Now we got to get into the news. Jolyn Turner uh, came out. He's very upset. He's very bitter. Is more like it. Yeah, he's he's very upset. Wait, wait, wait. About... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, that's going out to Joel and Turner. I got something to say about that clown. Go ahead. There, there you go. I'm glad to see you're feeling better. That you could yeah, do yeah, because, oh, that's another thing we haven't talked about. Well, you'll hear on the Lee Gersman show, I was on two oxycodones because I was in severe pain. I pulled a muscle that even farting hurt. Yes. Now I can uh, fart with pain-free. Nice. Uh, but Joel and Turner is bitching about uh, the new lineup that, Blackmore is playing with saying it, it's cheating the fans, but uh, oh, oh man, I got well. Let me let me say, okay. First of all, Mr. Jolyn Turner, uh, your lineup was 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 a tribute to, to Ronnie James Dio when you did Man of Silver Mountain and stuff like that. I'm a big fan of Jolyn Turner Rainbow, and especially the first one. I love Difficult to Cure, but fucking Strip Between the Eyes and. Bent Out of Shape are great albums, too. I love that shit. But at the same time, bro, I didn't like how you sang Dio songs. I didn't. But this new guy, no, okay, I admit, I haven't heard him sing Dio songs. But, man, I heard him do Stormbringer. Oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Much yeah. better singer. I nice. Think, I think he is a better choice to front Rainbow than Jolyn Turner because... Sheldon Turner would be okay if it just they just focused on his era. But what Richie's going to do, he's going to not only do Rainbow, but he's doing Deep Purple stuff. This ain't no... I know it's called Rainbow, but he's going to play Deep Purple stuff. It's going to be a retrospective of his hard rocking years. And I don't want to hear Jolyn Turner sing Stormbringer or Burn or, or whatever. What? Iowa Star, whatever. Uh, I've heard him sing some of those songs, and I was not impressed. Now, this guy that he's got got some amazing pipes that, you know what, this is a tribute show. This is a tribute act. This is what it's supposed to be. He doesn't have, he's not pushing no new product. You know, he's, he's in Renaissance land. He's coming out to do a fucking, he's going to plug in the Marshall for a change. And I think it's, it's, it's a good idea to get a great singer that can cover all spectrums of his career in the hard rocking career. Which Joe Lynn Turner cannot do. I'm sorry. All right. Well, the next story uh, is again about my arch enemy, and that is Samuel Horatio Hagar. Uh, this ass clown just did a interview with Dan Rather on some channel that most people don't even get, much like his new TV show. And apparently, I, I, I didn't watch a lot. Of, I know a lot of Hagar fans, 
that watch his show just to hate on it. But I hate him enough that I'm not I'm not gonna watch that shit. Just I, didn't, I didn't even know there was one until last week you told me. Right. Uh but apparently, man, his delusion is getting even more out of control. Not only does he say again that he was just as big as Van Halen when he joined. He's still saying this. Yes, he's still saying this. Now he said in the seventies that the Eagles opened up for him because the Eagles weren't big enough a draw. Really? This uh, you Are you serious? You cannot make this shit up, dude. I watched the Eagle documentary the other day, and uh, that first album had a lot of hits, man. I didn't know what, what name one hit Agar had in the seventies. Right. Not one. Not, Not even one. Montrose, who I love, had hits. Right. That shit and, was cult. <laughs> dude, you can you cannot make this shit up. But this is how delusional this fucker is. And uh, we would become superstars if we get that asshole on our show. Because uh, why? What? Ian, why is it that nobody calls this fucker out on his fucking lies? Okay, well, let me ask. Would you like me to reach out to him and see if he'll do the show? Yeah, please. All right, I will. Cool. Uh, but before I reached out to him, I, I reached out to somebody else to try to rectify this situation because every day he breathes air. Uh, I suffer. Uh, so I wrote a letter to a group hoping uh, that they could do something you know, to rectify this. And uh, I got a response back. It wasn't the one I wanted. Uh, but I'll, I'll read it to you. I'll, I'll share it to you and the listeners. It says, Dear Ayatollah of Alcohola. And then in parentheses it says, Love the name. Uh, While we thank you for taking interest in our cause, we cannot see how assassinating Sammy Hagar will help our stance. What? Yes. As taking out 12 drunken hillbillies, including the road crew, will do nothing to extend our fame. Uh, signed ISIS. <laughs> uh, but they did say they're big fans of the show. P.S. We love the mother jokes. Um, I, believe, they, I believe they are the majority buying shirts. And then they said, PSS, even though he's a Jew, even ISIS knows David Lee Roth is the only singer for Van Halen. Uh, and uh, Stephen Kirsch ain't so bad either. So that was my letter back from ISIS. Um uh, you know, I was hoping I could hire somebody to take him out, but uh, to no avail. Did you did, did you see um, that David Lee Roth song that just came out? Next story! All right, let's talk about that. Next story is a song released by David Lee Roth called uh, No Christmas for Me or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no Christmas. Love it. Love it. Great, but great song. It sent the internet on fire that uh, this was his uh, farewell to Van Halen, his farewell to Eddie and all this shit. And Dave came out and said, no, 
No, not at all. He goes, he goes, man, this is just poetry. Oh, really? Good, good. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah, he said, no, this is, ju- this is just a song. Don't read too much into this shit. This is just something I did by myself, and uh, I wanted to release. And, uh, man, is that good news. But what a great song. Clocking in at, like, five and a half minutes, it's just a, a blues song, dude. It, it's, I mean, not in the, the same vein as Ice Cream Man or Stay Frosty. It's even more subtle. It's just, more It's more sunburn. Yeah, it, it's just straight-up blues. But, again, incredible lyrics by Dave. I love it. said, uh, there's a, like, uh, quitting when you're at the top ain't quitting, and I'm quitting. <laughs> you know, I love that. I, yeah. I, there's just something about it. it. It's just a beautiful fucking song. The Roth show is back on air, uh, which is something, you know, some people said, you know, Eddie put a gag on. Like, he can't do anything, you know, outside of Van Halen while he's in Van Halen. And a lot of people say, hey, you know, his contract is up with Van Halen. So everything's up in the air now, and that's why the John 5 album isn't released and all this shit. But, uh, you know, Eddie came out and said, oh, Dave only wants to do dance music and shit like that. I don't know, listen to this song. Why he could have done this with Eddie Van Halen, I don't know. Because I would have loved to hear what Eddie would have done with this song structure and with this lyrics. It's fucking amazing. It's great, but I don't think I think that song is actually live. Um, I don't think it's a studio recording because there are little flubs in the acoustic guitar here and there on the song. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, I love the song. Dave's got a great voice when he keeps it mellow. Right. You know, he still he still sounds very good. You know, it's when he strains, it's kind of annoying. Uh, next story. Uh, here's something that's exciting to me. Dave Lombardo is now playing drums for Suicidal Tendencies. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw this, yeah. I don't know what happened to their drummer. Uh, I forget. I, I know his last name's Moore. Black dude. Uh, very obese black man, but, but amazing on drums. And I don't know if it's a health issue or he's just out of the band or what. But Dave Lombardo is playing drums for Suicidal he joined, Tendencies. Uh, he, he joined Phil and Selma's band. Oh, ow. Ooh, oh, well, hey, increase the peace. You didn't know that, did you? Yeah, I did not know that. That's hot off the press. That's right. Okay, and our last story is now uh, there's debate about that Richie Blackmore is banned from the Rock oh, and Roll Hall of Fame. And I saw this, which, look, look, you know, I'm not going to go into my spiel, and you, you expect me to go, well, good, fuck it. He doesn't deserve to be there. Which I still stand by that, but come on, man. Really? You're going to ban the guy that wrote Smoke on the Water, the song that really put Deep Purple on the map? Well, I mean, he he is inducted, but now there, there's been a lot of like backpedaling on this. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame said he is not banned. And Deep Purple said he is not banned. The only thing Deep Purple said is they will not perform with him. They, they said the only way they will perform is with the current lineup. And that is from Ian Gillen saying he is so pissed off that uh, Don Airy and Steve Morris are not being inducted. Because they're only inducted... Here's the fucked up thing. They're only inducted Mach 1 through 3 lineup 
even though the original bass player, Nick Simpler, isn't included. Yeah, that's lame. For whatever reason. But that just shows you, we talked about this before, if, the, if, if Rollins don't like you, you can include your road crew. If they don't like you, but you're getting in anyway, then they handpick who's getting in. And that just shows you what an oversight it is. Like, why would you exclude the original bass player, but you include the original singer? It makes no sense. But now, Richie Blackmore is saying that he will not attend because of this. Poor guy. I feel for Richie for a change. And uh, it's also been announced that while Richie might be excluded from, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame introduction, now... The current members of Deep Purple are banned from every Renaissance fair oh. <laughs> in, 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 in the U.S. So, uh, <laughs> turnabout is fair play. Wow, Richie, Richie laying down the law there, boy. Yeah, so uh, anyway, that's enough of the news. And uh, now it's time for you and me to turn the reins over to our guests because we are truly outshined this week. We have to admit it. Oh boy, this guy's amazing. <laughs> then this this guy he he's trying to steal Bill Wang's position. No, no, and no, no, no. He's no Bill Wang. Let's get into this week's review. It is the debut album from Blue Murder, and here's Ralph and I guessing on the Lee Gerstmann. And show. I'm gonna give you a little spoiler, and we'll go right into the show. At the end of the show, you will see Lee makes me his bitch. True story. That's true. Here we go. All right. Now it's time to review the Blue Murder album, the self-titled debut album that was released in 1989. And, uh, Ian, why don't you tell everybody who we have on the show with us this week, a debut guest. Holy shit. Do we have somebody famous now? You know, we've had Ron Keel. We've had Robert Fleischman. We've had Darren Wharton. But now we got it total internet sensation that everybody knows and loves. We have the one and only from Oakland, California, Lee Gersman on the show today. Lee, how you doing? Well, man, I'm me, and I'm famous, so I'm with a famous person. That's awesome. Who uh, are you? Who are you again? What the fuck? <laughs> Let's Lee, Lee what, what's your middle name? Because there's a lot of Lee Gershwins, so they know exactly who you are. Damn. My middle name is Lee. Short for Leo. My first name is Frank. Okay? Frank Leo Gershwin. Oh, But I don't like to be called Frank. Uh, all right, Frank. So, so, um... Oh, shut up! <laughs> oh well, you, you know, Ralph, you have to take that because because Lee is a star. I mean, we've had a lot of people out here. Ralph, you are very famous. Yeah, you have, but, but you you are the lead singer in a band. You have a YouTube page that is fucking phenomenal. But Lee has his own Wikipedia page. Have you seen Lee's Wikipedia page? Oh, I haven't. I haven't even heard of the Lee till right now. Now, now Lee, Man, I have to look at it too. But uh, sometimes they get facts wrong. So I was reading up on you, and, and there's certain things I want to ask you, and you tell me if it's if it's true or false, okay? 
If you dare ask a certain question that I don't want you to ask, I'm going to go volatile, but let's try. All right, well, hey, hey you're the star. You, you can do whatever you want to do. But uh, here's a few things I read up on you. Um, it says right here that you were in the gang that kidnapped Patty Hearst, but you showed up at the wrong address, so you weren't involved. Is that true? Um... Like most of my family, we get kind of screwed up and we get the wrong addresses, so I probably, that was probably true, but I was too drunk to remember, so Wikipedia probably knows more than me about that. Oh, okay. Alright, here, here's another thing we got here. This says in the late 60s that you were a member of the Charles Manson family, but then Charles Manson kicked you out because he said... Uh, you were too crazy. Is that true? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Okay, well, I mean, I don't okay, th th that's what it says. And, uh, I, I don't think so. Okay, one last question. Is it true that you were a founding member of Earth, Wind, and Fire? Yeah, it was. That is true. And, Absolutely. And that you wrote Shining Star? No. That's uh -oh. the only song I did not write. Oh. All the Boogie Wonderland. That is all you. But you didn't write Shining yes. Star. Yes. Okay. Every single fucking note. All right. Well, th thank you for clearing that up, Lee. Uh, and, and oh, thank you for bringing up old fucking laundry shit. Well, you know, you're, you're a very famous man. We have, we have to talk about your history. Uh, I know. And, and while we're going about history, why don't you tell us your history with the album we're talking about, Blue Murder? Okay. Um, well, let's say that when you suggested that I listen to the album Blue Murder for the review, it's like I had not heard the album before. I'd heard of the album because, like, you know, there's different, like, magazines and stuff that mention people, like, how John Sykes was in White Snake and stuff, and they mentioned other groups that he was in, and um, you know, Blue Murder was one of the groups, but I hadn't heard it. But then when I saw that Tony Franklin and Carmine Apice were in the group, I kind of got excited because, like, I saw the firm. You know, like before they did the album with Jimmy Page and Paul Rogers and them. And it was like, I saw that live. It was fucking cool. And I love that Tony Franklin sound. And Carmine Apice was like a drummer that I really loved. So, so I decided to listen, well, to the album, you know. But other than that, I, I had not heard much about Blue Murder except for I'd heard the name. Well, uh... I, I don't know if you know this, but originally, Blue Murder was gonna put on the album a cover song of yours that you did in the early really? '80s. Yes. You do, do you remember? You don't remember that song that you did in the early '80s? Um. Yes. It's called. There, there is a song I did called "I Love You," that I wrote with a friend of mine named Pascal Garneau. And I can play it for you if you would like. I would love that, Lee. 
I love you enough to put in the meat grinder. Once you're dead, they can't find her. You're an old hag, you fag, but I still love you too. There won't be anything left once I get through with you. I'll stick my tigers on you and eat up your brain. And then you'll go into mental shock and all you'll feel is pain. I do that because I love you. I love you so much. I love you very truly. That's why I'll eat you for lunch. was beautiful I, 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 I gotta say Lee um, wasn't there uh, uh, a case in San Francisco where they never found a serial killer over there the Zodiac oh did they find him yeah he's in Oakland now his name is Lee Gersman oh no 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 Ian, Ian his name was Frank Lee Gersman oh Frank Lee Gersman frankly frankly I think you're right I don't I don't go technically now by Frank remember well, oh, let, yeah. me, let me tell you something, Frank. I, I, hey, listen, my name is Ralph, the worst name ever. It's like when somebody's throwing up, I think they're, they're calling me. When I hear dogs bark, I think they're calling me. You know, Frank is a cool name. I, I, I would Can gladly, name? You, you would like to be called Ralph? Can we change name? Would you like to be named Ralph? Better than Frank. Okay, to me, but, Frank is like quack. All right, what you just said right now that Ralph is better than Frank, that's even crazier than the song you just sang me. Huh? <laughs> oh, fuck! I'll tell you what, I love the song you just played. And I, I need to clean my shoes because I think I just stepped and hit. I, I think Alex Van Halen heard that you know, song and came up with Hot for Teacher. Lee, is Alex Van yeah. Halen actually there playing those drums? No! That's oh. me! Oh, come on. Don't lie. <laughs> oh, fuck. Alex, shut up. Don't, don't talk like uh, that. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Shut up, Alex. Shut up, Alex. Alex, uh, uh, Lee, I think you, you think, I think you should form a band with uh, Alex and call it Frank and Alex. Hey! <laughs> but Lee, Lee is so important, he should get two names. It should be Frankly Halen. Yeah. Actually, um, that's... No, 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 no. It's, it's Frankly. It's not actually. It's Frankly. <laughs> yeah, fr Frankly, I don't give a damn. Less gay. Less gay. All right. Well, Ralph, I, I know this is a hard act to follow up. But can you give uh, a little backstory you have with the Blue Murder album? Uh, being that I've been a big fan of uh, John Sykes and not that big of a fan of the other two. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Tony Frank is an amazing bass player, but I was never really a big fan of the firm. And 
quite frankly, no pun intended, Frank, I never, I never, like, uh, I never heard anything uh, Tony Franklin did that I actually liked before Blue Murder. And Carmine and Pete, same thing. I mean, I know he's a legendary drummer, but I never really knew much about him back then except for Do You Think I'm Sexy? And, uh, and also uh, Bark at the Moon tour where he didn't play on the album. <clears throat> and uh, then, you know, but I'm a big fan of John Sykes. So, of course, I ran out and bought this album. I saw Valley of the Kings on MTV before the album was released. And went out and bought the album. And I'll tell you what I feel about that album. And I also saw that tour, by the way. Nice. All right. Uh, so, go ahead, uh, Ian. Tell me how you discovered this album. Well, I, I first, I remember vaguely seeing the video for... Um, Valley of the Kings back on Headbangers Ball and it just I don't know for whatever reason it didn't catch on with me I think because that was a very European metal kind of song you know more of a power metal type thing and at that time when that came out basically I was listening to it was either thrash or cock rock I know that's a weird extreme but those were like the two major uh, types of music I was listening to and that kind of fell in the cracks. I didn't even know about John Sykes being in uh, Whitesnake at the time because I just, you know, my dumbass thought the people in the video were on the album. But uh, the album kind of, you know, it didn't uh, it, it didn't catch on. And years later, as I, you know, discovered more about Whitesnake and John Sykes, that's when I went back and listened to it. And I was like, wow, you know, and I always heard like a little bit of cult following about this. And now there's a lot of shit I love, but at the time, it totally uh, went past my radar. I got I got to tell you too, like you know, Geffen put a lot of money and promotion behind it, and it was really a big flop. For those that don't know, I don't think it went gold, and uh, no, but it did it did get quite a push when it first came out. But then after the first single didn't do well, and the second single they pretty much dropped it, and I, and I could be wrong, but the next album, Nothing But Trouble, that wasn't on Geffen, was it? No, I, b I believe it was, but with zero promotion. And oh, I, yeah. And, and I believe they were dropped, like, immediately after it came out. Yeah, man, because that, that one, I didn't, I didn't even know was out so much later. Yeah, same here. So, and Lee already talked about how he discovered the album, right? Yeah, and, and how they, they discovered <laughs> Lee. And, and, and I also, you know, something I forgot to mention uh, to our listeners. I am on two oxycodines now because I had another one of those. It's not really technically a kidney stone attack, but I sneezed and the side is in so much pain that I had to take two oxycodines. So I am under the influence. And I also want to say that it hurts to laugh. So, you know, Lee is making me hold back my laughter. Lee is cracking me up. Ian's making me laugh too that I'm trying to, you know, so don't think, you know, this is going to be a bizarre episode. Cause you know me, I, I usually laugh at, at things that are funny, so you probably won't hear me laugh a lot, but I I am for a change, like I am on drugs, I'm all fucked up, and Ian's all drunk, and, and just Lee's naturally nuts. Hey, no, not totally. Hey, 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 Lee, if you don't mind me asking, what medication are you on? Alcohol. Are you, are you, are you on anything other than alcohol? No, <laughs> what but I use a lot of alcohol to make up for it. Oh, there you go. What type of alcohol? 
Right now, it's vodka. All right. But I, I, my favorite alcohol is cognac, but that's a little bit expensive. So rum or whiskey are also good, but vodka is good for when you're cheap. It's like if, if you want to fuck, but you don't have, like, enough money for the right girl, and you if just you get and if, one who's there. And if you don't have a girl. If I don't have a girl, then I drink vodka. All right, if you don't mind me asking, is it because you're cheap or is it because you don't have a job? Are the two not combined? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Notice Uh, my laughter. I'm trying not to fucking... Both correct. (laughs) All right, Lee, you are our guest, so we're going to let you start this off. Why don't you take the first track on the album, and that is Riot. Yeah, okay. This is interesting. Um, I listened to the album about, like, three or four times, and the first time that I heard that song, I, I wasn't very impressed. And as I continued to listen to it, I kept getting thoughts on it. But finally, because... Um, the first few times I heard it on my headphones and then finally I heard it on my stereo system loud. Here's here's my final thoughts on it. It's like it's kind of like make-it-a-white-snake combined. And it took me a long time to finally like this song, but finally listening to it on my stereo system, it had a cool, surreal heavy rock sound like I like, so it wasn't an easy sell, but they finally convinced me, and I do hear elements of the firm in Tony Franklin's bass playing, and seeing that he was in the group was what excited me in the first place, and I'd say, this is an intelligent heavy rock song, you have to kind of think of it when you hear it, it's not just, just party, it's more like, hmm, okay, so it was kind of a hard sell, but Finally, kind of won me over. Right, cool. And that's my thoughts. Right, cool. Um, uh, I gotta say, uh, Lee, in case you don't know this, I'm as dumb as a box of rocks, and and I like this song. So, uh, uh, thank you for making me feel somewhat smart. Famous and intelligent song. Hey, uh, there's no other point than to make you smarter. Yeah, that is true. That man, you're 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 a man of wisdom, aren't you? I'm 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 a truthfulist. You're a truthfulist. Yeah, yeah. I tell the truth. I'm truthfulist about you. You're smart. Oh, you think I'm smart? No, I know you're smart. Well, I didn't realize you were that dumb. <laughs> Actually, um, wait until the vodka doesn't enter my mind anymore when it dissipates, and then I know who you really are but uh, for now you're uh, wonderful i get for it. now you're I wonderful you are so beautiful to you <laughs> i'm not gonna do any more of that song because i hate it but you are so beautiful to you well thank you dude well uh going to the song uh riot uh, i i think it's a great opener it shows off the town in the band yeah i know what you're talking about lee with the. Tony Franklin doing that, right? Am I right? That noise? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's that's the firm shit. Yeah. I that's love I love saying. Riot, one of my favorite songs on the album. Great opener. Uh, now I'm going to throw it to Ian. All right, Riot. Riot is my favorite song on the album. Uh, I got this. I got this one right off the bat. I think it's a great riff. I think it's a great groove. I love the chorus. That there's a riot. I mean, it's it, perfect. Perfect fucking song. I mean, if every song sounded like this on the album, I'd be fine with that. Incredible. I think. When I think Blue Murder, I think this song. I, I They nailed it. Every member nailed it here. And uh, totally incredible. And uh, fuck it, I'll take the next song. Sex Child. Or it was originally called Sex Childers. Uh, total. Yeah, yeah, all about Justin Childers. Uh, total White Snake. This really sounds like... Uh, he wrote this for David Coverdale, not only musically, but lyrically. Um, man, I, I, I dig it. It's got a great solo, but it kind of sticks out to me because this doesn't sound, you know, like I said, this this sounds like a White Snake B-side to me. What do you think, Lee? Well, um, I'm not going to say that I disagree with you on the White Snake element, but... This song, definitely, first of all, it's fucking awesome. It, it is one of my favorites on the album, and it's like Winger's song, 17. I fucking love this song. If you remember, like, Kim Wilde in her video, Checkered Love, where she's wearing a white t-shirt tucked in with the sleeves rolled up and all that, dancing and all that, um... I, I, I could I could think of myself in a video with her dancing to this song. This is a fucking awesome song. This this is like to me like Winger's song seventeen. This is fucking cool. Uh Lee, Lee let me ask you. Uh the song is titled Sex Child. And you mentioned Don't Wing, ask. And, and, and you mentioned you mentioned Winger's seventeen. And, and you mentioned Kim Watt. Lee, do you have a taste for the underage? I'm just curious. Um, maybe I don't swallow, but maybe a little taste. Oops, I didn't say that. All right, hide your children. Ralph, what do you think? Do you like subways, no. Lee? <laughs> All right, uh, I don't like sex child. Um, it's too hairbandish for me, but you know, like what um, Lee was talking about, like winger. You know, I'm not a fan of that stuff, uh, and and I get really bothered by the Bon Jovi-ish yeah yeah in the song. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah yeah. Yeah, I get a little. No uh, no. Yeah, it's more, it's more, yeah exactly. It's no no, and and oddly enough, I'm into little girls, and I and I can't get into this. True story. True story. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm not too into this, but I'll take the next one, <clears throat> which was the first single, uh, Valley of the Kings. Like I said before, this is what I first uh, heard the album, uh, the first song I heard off it. I think it's an epic song. It should have ended the album, I think. I don't think it's placed right. I think it's a good 
epic ending to the album. Actually, there's another song too that would have been good for the ending of the album, but because uh, it's another, there's another epic track on this album. But um, it is, and you know, and me and Ian, me and Ian have had this conversation many times over, and Ian's a very, very Ian's a stickler for production, and I'm not. But here we go. I gotta, I gotta be like, I gotta sound like Ian now. I do think it's a little too slick um, in spots. It's still killer, uh, but I don't like the ending. The na na na. It it ruins it for me. But up to that point, I think it's a really good song, really well structured, really well made, and something we haven't brought up that that to me is the most surprising thing about Blue Murder. John Sykes is an amazing singer, amazing, and he was in. Tigers of Pang Tang didn't sing. Then Lizzie didn't sing. White Snake didn't sing. Then he comes out and this guy's got an amazing voice. And what? And some people out there may not know the original singer for Blue Murder was actually Ray Gillen. Yes. And there is a demo that you can hear on you on YouTube. I forgot what song it was. I don't think it's the song that made the album actually. Uh, where there is a, a Blue Murder demo with Ray Gillen, <clears throat> who was another amazing singer, but. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my review for Value of the Kings. I'm going to throw it to Frank, I mean Lee. Yeah, Frank Lee is going to respond. <clears throat> okay, actually, this song, Value of the Kings, when I heard it, this is, I seriously thought I would not have minded playing on it. It does not sound like something I wrote, but... It sounds like something that I would have loved to play on. I love the melodic structure, and I would not have been surprised if Tony Franklin had a major hand in writing it. And it has slight elements to me of Led Zeppelin's Kara Salambra. Like, like I, not that I like hardly any of In Through the Outdoor, but there are some parts of Kara Salambra I do like and this, every time that I heard it, especially during the beginning, it reminded me of elements of that song. And that's my opinion. Wow. So, this song, Value of the Kings, reminds you of Carol Salambra. Um, if you um, were to put them side by side, there's like a keyboard part in Valley of the Kings that sounds kind of like Harris Salambra by Led Zeppelin. I got. I got to tell you, I, uh, Lee. Uh, uh, another. Uh, I'll tell you another resemblance of two songs uh, that that matches what you think. Uh, Napalm Death, suffering the children to Abba's uh, uh, ring ring. No, 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 no. You you you're talking about Abba's Waterloo. Waterloo. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I get those two mixed up. You're right. Okay, Suffer the children does sound like Waterloo. You're right. Thank you. All right, all right, uh, Ian. What do you think of Value of the King? All right. Well, uh, frankly, this reminds me Shut of. Up. Uh, no, it's not. It's not his turn yet. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, this reminds me of the Valley of Missing Children, buried under Lee's house, who are under. Ah! <laughs> but uh, here's something, Ralph. I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, that. I found out. Do you, do you know who is an uncredited co-writer on the song? Is Tony Martin. 
<laughs> wow, you know what? You are right. That is true. And I'll tell you this, Ian, I just found that out this week. Yes, and also, he was a potential uh, lead vocalist for Blue Murder. Now, that, he, that I didn't know. Yeah, he, uh, John Sykes did entertain him, but then, that was very briefly, then he went with Ray Gillen, but it was John Collider, who was, you know, a record A&R guy, you know, very, very famous in the late 80s. Kalogner. Kalogner, yeah. He's the one who told John Sykes, you should sing this. You know, and probably from a financial standpoint, it was good too, because now you're splitting between three guys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, originally when I saw this uh, on, on Headbangers Ball, it didn't reach out to me. Like I said, it was very more European metal, which I wasn't into at that time. It was either cock rock or thrash. And, uh, and then I was like, hey, who's Grandpa on drums? You know, which, you know, but later I'd realize, you know, the great Carmine Apathy, who was an incred- incredible drummer. But at the time I was like, wow, that guy looks like he's fucking 30. <laughs> you know? But, I, you know, when I saw this shit, I was like fucking 14. He won't third, let, he, that guy time. will not let go of that mustache beat. No, he won't. And, and Jesus Christ, does he lacquer that shit black? But, uh, it. it I, I love this song a lot more now, but at, but at first I was like, eh, but but now you know with my taste, like wow, why didn't I get this at first? It is it is kind of an epic song, but there's a little bit too much kitchen sink shit, and I do blame that on Bob Rock. Even though th- this is probably my top three albums that Bob Rock was involved with, but I don't think it's necessarily Bob Rock. I think it's just I like the songs, but. Uh, yeah, a, a good song, but I think it, it was a bad, especially at the time, I think it was a bad first single to try to sell this band. I think a med, much better first single would have been the next song, and that is Jelly Roll. Uh, I love Jelly Roll, but what what a great tale of two songs. Because it really is like just split in fucking half. And, uh, like, geez, uh, listen to Led Zeppelin much? <laughs> you know? Very Led Zeppelin influenced, uh, but I do love the song and the video is so craptastic. If, if you've ever seen that, I mean, it's got John Sykes, you know, and all his, you know, uh, looks like Fabio ripping his shirt in the rain. And uh, but I, I do love the song. I love the song so much. Uh, really, at this time, if they would release as a single, would have been fucking huge. Love it. It's my third favorite song on the album. I love Jelly Roll. Uh, Frankly, what do you think of uh, Jelly Roll? Don't keep calling me Frankly, or I'll turn to Frankenstein. Okay. But, um, believe it or not, every time that I heard this, the beginning of it, tell me if you think I'm correct, if you want. It sounds like Motley Crue's, like, Love Drive or whatever that song is, Love Shine on their 94 album, that acoustic thing. The yeah. beginning sounds like that all the way. Yeah. And it's pretty fucking cool. But then the second part, when it suddenly dissolves into like a pathetic ballad, I cannot stand. I would, I would hear ABBA before I hear that. But, like, I wondered how it happened. It's like, it must have been a tag tune, like, you know, in court, when they have 
like um, a bill and they want another bill tagged to it, they have to kind of like add it on in order for it to succeed. It's like the second part of the song is like they had to add that song in order for it to succeed because it wouldn't have worked on its own. So, but it didn't work at all. But well, the first part of the song I love, and well, that's my. Well, well, Lee. What if a children's choir sang the second half? You know, in unison. I would, I, I, I would, I, I would turn down the sound, put on my binoculars, and watch them. That's what I was looking for. Thank you for an honest answer. Oh man, I love this guy. The only one you'll get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I gotta tell you, Jelly Roll, um, I, I disagree with Lee. I think the beginning sounds like Slayer's artery, uh, artery. <laughs> and the second half reminds me of I Love You by Frank Lee. Uh, and, but I, I, I gotta tell you though. Man, uh, man, man, you, you're lucky. I, 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 I don't know where you live. You'd punch my side, <laughs> wouldn't you? No, I would hug you, but it would make you scream also. Uh, you'd hug me like if I was a little boy. Hey, wouldn't you like it? <laughs> I mean, you, know, well, you wouldn't have to think of yourself as a little boy. I would think of you like that. Man, it would work. Oh, he would think of you like your alien Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little spick joke for me. Both of you are laughing at Hispanics. You guys are fucking uh, racist. Hey, Ian! Ian, you said it, but by frankly laughing, I I, I consider him the racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I just made the joke. He's the one who wants to cut his grass. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. like a he's like a racist pedo. <laughs> anyway, you're half right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I hate to know which one's the right one. Uh, but uh, let me tell you, Jelly Roll, I love it. I love the beginning part that sounds like hardening of the arteries. But I gotta say, un unlike Frank Lee, I don't like the second half. Well, I love, I love you from Frank Lee. That, that's an amazing song. But I didn't like that. Love will break your heart. And I just, A little love break your heart. I, I oh. felt like it was too catered for the time. It was like, oh, let's bring in the chicks. Let's have. Uh, John Sykes rip off his shirt during it, and uh, I just felt like it was trying too hard. But that beginning part, and I gotta tell you something, that beginning part, even though it doesn't sound like Thin Lizzy, it it, it kind of like reminds me of, well, it, it like puts this thing in my head where this is John Sykes bringing out what he learned from Phil. You know what I'm saying? Musically, something a little diverse, a little different. And I think it's awesome. I love the, the that acoustic sound, and uh, I love you know she said da 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 da. -da she said I I love it. I thought the fucking video was horrendous, and it hurt the song. Um, it was trying too hard and kind of ruined. Second half ruined it for me, but uh, I love the first half. That's what I think of Jelly Roll. So <clears throat> Lee, I want you to take the title of the band uh, Blue Murder, the song Blue Murder. This is one of my favorites. Um, tell me if you agree with me or not. Um, you know how I said the, one of the other songs sound like Kara Salamber? This! And I don't think that you can disagree. It sounds like Fool in the Rain by Led Zeppelin. In, in a lot of the drumming and the parts. It's like 
it's dog humping time. I used to dance in front of my mirror, and I, I used to dance like David Lee Roth, you know, um, like in the video Jump, and my dog would come and hump my leg, and and it, 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 it was pretty good times, and it's like, this song reminds me of that. My dog died, and unfortunately, he's not around to hump my leg anymore, but this is a cool song, and that's my view. You know, you know, Lee, I, I hate that, that we haven't had you on this show earlier. Yeah, and I hate the fact that your dog committed suicide. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't because of me, it was because of the other guy he humped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it, he was bipolar, let, let's be honest. You gotta admit, yeah. uh, you gotta admit, frankly, uh, you were very turned on that that dog was very young. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he was a young pup. I thought of him as young. I thought of him as young. <laughs> yeah, and then when he found out that there's such a thing as dog years, he killed him. <laughs> that's, oh, man, that's, I'm here. That's an untold story. God, I love this guy, man. All right, uh, all right. I'll tell you what I think of Blue Murder, the song. My favorite track off the album is Killer, the riff, the vibe, the verse, the chorus rules. And the verse, to me... It's very, again, Phil Lynott, like that, that fast type of, da, 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 da. I can't really tell you what song from Thin Lizzy is like that, but it really does remind me a lot, just the verse of the song, really reminds me a lot of, of Phil, Phil Lynott for some reason. Um, and it is my favorite track off the album. It's so fucking catchy. Every element of the song is great. The, the beginning, the drum beat, the riff, Going into that fast, fast fucking verse, uh, talking and uh, and the chorus is awesome. And uh, my favorite track off the album. I'm sorry, hey, you know, again, I know it doesn't really sound like it because I'm I kind of got a second win and shit, but I'm really fucked up on Octi Cody for real, guys. This ain't no act, and and you know, if I was acting, I'd be acting more fucked up, like, but no, I it. it I know I'm not sounding like myself, am I, Ian? Uh, no, you sound great. No, but uh, like the bo- <laughs> like the I, vibe I, of I, myself. I, I, I'm, like, glad uh, I'm glad I'm not the one fucked up. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the one fucked up. Yeah, well, that's not what the little boy said. <laughs> All right, so okay, uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna throw it to Ian. What do you think of Blue Murder? Uh, I I love it. Uh, it's my second favorite. R- Riot's my favorite. This is my second favorite. But what I, I love is the way he spits the lyrics to this. You know, that, like you mentioned, so the rapid fire and, and the groove to it. Uh, it is very reminiscent of, of Phil Lynott. And he dedicates this album to Phil Lynott. I mean, he was very... I mean, that was, that was his hero. He was so thankful for the big break that he got from Phil and always honored Phil's legacy. And uh, this reminds me of something totally. This could have been a Thin Lizzy song, and probably why I love it so much. And and Ian, come on. I mean, I guess we all three would agree if this would have been the first single. Well, th- this would have been a good one. But I mean, okay, think about back to 1989, though. Uh, I actually think Jelly Roll would have done better. But I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's the best song, but I'm thinking. You got to think back to '89. We're talking like "Damn Yankees" and Bon Jovi, New Jersey, and you know shit like that. I think that would have played more on rock radio, definitely, 
than uh, Valley of the Kings. But, I, I, I mean, as, as true fans of this music, we know this is the better song. Well, that's my point. Now, let's say, because you know there's a lot of people out there that do not know Blue Murder, but they would have if Blue Murder was the lead single. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have done better as far as chart-wise at that time, but longevity-wise, I think Blue Murder would have been more on the map if this would have been the leading song and if it would have been pushed. Here's another thing I gotta stress. Geffen didn't push this album. I mean, they did in the beginning, but it was nowhere near the push they gave the first white thing. Oh, I agree, totally. Because Valley of the Kings was a headbanger's ball video. White Snake was shown during prime time. Right. You know? So let's say they would have shown this shit during prime time, the song Blue Murder with a video, and then followed it up with Jelly Roll. So, you know, all the chicks and, you know, right. cock, cock rock fags like you uh, yes. would, would, would love it. No offense. It, I, I'm on oxycodone. I didn't mean that again. But, <laughs> but then again, when I'm not on oxycodone, I'd say the same thing, right? True, true. Yeah, I, I suck, dude. I'm very, I, I, I'm very remorseful of all the bad, bad things I've said to you in every past episode. Oh, well, but then, but then again, I'm on oxycodone. I mean, I, <laughs> but uh, I gotta say, um, uh, this song would have been a much better. I mean, I'm talking longevity wise. Uh, like, uh, yes. I'm, I, I'm trying to find an example, but it's hard for me to. Well, I, I, I think this song would have, would have got the guys. Like, the guys would have loved this song. Like, hey, that's a good rockin' song. And you would have got the girls with Jelly Roll. But Valley of the Kings is the first single in the in the U.S. Killed it. You're right. I agree. And it was mainly because of that. Nah, nah, well, no, nah, no. Nah. Like, the whole song period. Like you were saying, Ian. It was so European for you. And, and you were the market then. Because you were the one that was eating up all that current oh, music yeah. Where oh, yeah. I was already you know neglect, yeah, I, neglecting this shit like I mean not Blue Murder yeah. I love John Sykes but you know I mean you're yeah you're, but but when this came out I was 15 yeah it would it would have appealed to you much better and, if it was Jerry and, and at that age there was like the sing-along coolness of cock rock and then there was like the the danger of thrash those were two things that really attracted me but the most dangerous part of being 15, Lee Gersman. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, frankly, that was the hardest thing to survive. <laughs> Man, uh, uh, you should not have mentioned my sexual stuff with you. <laughs> yeah. You should have shut up about that. Yeah. You know? But how could I, we, how uh, could I talk about you without this. sex? We made, peace, we made peace on this podcast. You should not have brung up the little pee that was your penis when I visited you. <laughs> all right, all right, Father Gersman, I'm sorry. You're hurting my side, Father Gersman. <laughs> Dominus Cobus. Yes. Thank you. Oh man, this guy rules. Yeah. I, I don't think that was a communion wafer he put in my mouth, but I ate it just the same. He said it was a jelly roll. Thank you. <laughs> I hope it tasted good. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you don't care. All right, all right. Lee, Lee, why, why you still have a heart on, why don't you talk about the next track, Out of Love? The only thing that I can say, oh, my God, is 
my thoughts are, oh my God, Cindy Lauper's time after time, please, no. That's uh, it. So that that's a negative. You don't like it. No, not at all. Negativity, no. All right. Okay. How about you, Ian? Uh, my least favorite on the album. Uh, this is like the '80s required ballad by law. Uh, and, and parts of this remind me of Tony Martin. Like I can see, it reminds me of a bad Tony Martin ballad on a Black Sabbath album. Uh, yeah, not good. But uh, you know what? What would have fit better on this album than this song? is an instrumental, an acapella, if you will, drum solo that I that I have heard by Lee Gersman called Out of Vodka again. And, and, and Lee, if you could play that, Ooh. if you could play that for our listeners, that would be much I more will. entertaining. Okay, let's hear it. I will, but I will, but I have to tell you, I retitled it. It's called, I'm sorry, mother, I lost my vagina. But don't worry, I'm a man. Here you go. Sounded a lot like Carol Salambra. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, it it kind of reminded me of when Dubs cry myself off yeah. of her friend. But Ralph, what do you right. think of Out of Love? Uh, power ballad schlock. Hate it. Yeah, worst song on the album. But what an amazing guitar solo. Uh, probably one of the best guitar solos on this whole album is in this schlocky song. Uh, maybe you guys were just so turned off about it, you never really, like paid attention. But that solo was almost as good as, uh, Mom, I, I lost my vagina, but don't worry, I'm a boy, whatever that song is called. <laughs> it's almost as good as that. That's how good that solo is. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, I don't like this song. Okay, the next song I'll take, it's called Billy. Now, when I saw... When I saw Blue Murder Live, they did play this song, and I do remember John Sykes saying this song is about Phil Lynott. Oh, really? Yeah, he said that live. He goes, this is a song I, this is a song I wrote about Phil Lynott. Now, I don't know how Billy... Did, was that his middle name or something? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think it was Horatio. I thought it was Frankly. Yeah, frankly, you could be right. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking of Lee Gersman. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, Billy, Billy, it, it was actually, if you listen to that song, to me, it would fit great on Renegade from Thin Lizzy. It's got that kind yes. of vibe of, you know, some of those deeper cuts in Renegade, like, you know, uh, like Mexican Girl and shit like that. Uh, and I like it. it. You know what I like about this song? It's taking chances 
the Thin Lizzy way. Because you know how Phil would take a left turn here and there. And this song has that. And it's to me, this is a, a gem on the album. One of the better tracks. And uh, I really dig Billy. I, th- I think it's good. It's unorthodox. It's not what you would expect. What we've heard so far. But I dug it. What do you think, Lee? Man, this is also one of my very favorite songs. I hate to repeat a story, but imagine me looking like David Lee Roth in the video, um, jump dancing in my room in the mirror with my dog humping my leg. Uh, I, um, picture, I picture your uh, ass against the record machine, personally. Okay, well, well, that's actually better. But anyway, <laughs> this is a really fucking sexy song, and it reminds me of like if I could change places with and not have my dog with me, but have a sexy brunette fuck me to this song. This is a fucking great song. This song and Sex Child are my two favorites on here. And and this song is just so totally fucking cool. And that's my thought. Oh my god. You know, Lee, you know, Lee, you know what I think is also totally fucking cool? Yeah. What? No, I'm saying yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, like, yeah, like what? Uh, I think you are totally fucking cool. Thank you. Where do I- you live? <laughs> South Beach. Um, um, yeah. want- South Beach, Arizona, okay? <laughs> okay, do you want flowers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jennifer okay. flowers. Oh, 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 oh. No. Well, I can call myself Jennifer. Oh. I can I can, I, 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 I can rub my butt against the the um, record machine and call myself Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey! Ralph wants some tulips. Tulips on his cock. Oh. Um. Oh, don't answer I don't that one, Lee. That. I'm not sick. Uh, Lee, I you're don't gonna do make. That. You're I'm gonna. Lee, I take back everything I said. Fuck that shit. <laughs> No, oh. don't. Do not take back anything. Do not. Do not. Oh my oh, God! Man, this guy's godly. Oh my God! Hearing, hearing Lee talk about all these stories with his dog, I, I just pictured the dirtiest Charlie Brown special ever. Yeah. You know, hey, uh, I love Charlie Brown. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Good God, you and Snoopy. I can only imagine. Isn't it truly oh, that? Don't get me excited. Don't Lee, get me excited. Lee, isn't it true that you you named your dog Little Church Choir Boy? <laughs> Only until my parents decided that I had to name him Sugar. <laughs> and they didn't even understand the significance of it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, the dog Sugar, look at his new trick. Ain't that shit sweet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh they were from God. the 40s. He didn't know a fuck. They didn't know fucking shit. <laughs> That's yeah. the kind of sugar Papa yeah. likes. Yeah, your yeah. your parents were from the 40s in the same fucking gene pool. Holy shit! All right. Hey, that's better than being in the in, in the Peter pool. The gene <laughs> pool is cool. <laughs> oh, now that's awesome. Oh my God. Oh, Lee Gerson. <laughs> 
Think Gersman bringing it. All right, uh, uh, Billy, uh. Billy. Uh, I love it. It is my fourth favorite song on the album. Absolutely love it. Uh, there's not much more I can add to it that uh, you know that doesn't involve fucking a dog or what Ralph said. Uh, it's a it's a great track. Uh, totally incredible. This this is another one that I think truly represents to me what Blue Murder is about. Like if somebody's like, ah, oh, play me a Blue Murder track, I would play Billy. And if you don't like this, then obviously you don't get Blue Murder. But I'm gonna go into the next song, which I have no idea how the fuck to pronounce this. Ralph, do you know how to pronounce this? No, song? but Alami. Lately, frankly, do you know how to pronounce this? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I I'm I'm too drunk to know. Okay. All oh, right. oh oh Ian, I just I just typed it up on Google. Uh, it is pronounced Frank Lee Gersman. Okay. Well, Frank Lee Gersman. Okay. Uh, good, not bad, not great. Uh, and how the fuck do you say it? That, that's my notes. It's uh. Yeah, it's definitely a filler track. Uh, the, the, the most interesting thong, thing about this song is how the fuck do you say it. But I shouldn't say that's the most interesting thing about the song until I pass it off to Lee Gersman because Lee Gersman probably has something way better to say about it than I do. Actually, so, what do you um, think of Frank Lee Gersman, uh, Frank Lee Gersman? Okay, since he's my twin and I disassociate myself from him, I think the song is actually Tony Franklin influenced. I think it sounds in some ways like The Firm. And to me, it sounded the closest to hair metal. And it had a little bit of a cashmere-ish vibe to it. That's my thoughts. Okay. All right. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of like with, with, with Frank here. I do like this song. Um, and like what I was saying earlier, Valley of the Kings should have ended it, or this one, because it does have that epic sound. I do like the song. I mean, eh, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but it does have that epic feel like Valley of the Kings and how Frank said, uh, Cashmere. Um, I, I dig it. I think it's a cool song. Uh, so I give, uh, I give Frank Lee Gertzman, uh, 15 chopsticks. Oh, wait. I, I, I'm sorry, I meant to, to uh, bring up the other awesome guest we also have on our show, Mr. Bill Wang. He, he is awesome. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. And you got to meet him in real life. Yeah. He's but, and also, cool. and Lee, just to let you know, you're fucking amazing, dude, but you're no Bill Wang. Well, I will let you say that. <laughs> but... I am a you. Oh, come on, dude. Why do you have to be insulting? No, that's a fucking compliment, you fucking bitch. <laughs> oh, come on, dude. You're going to make my fucking kidney blow up. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. No, it's not sexual. Hey, if the, oh, if the man. kidney blows hey, up, oh. but, but you live through it, we can have a party. Yeah, yeah, with with, with yeah. me, with me, the pig. Yeah, yeah. Go go over to Lee's house. You're gonna wake up in the morning in a tub with a kidney missing next to a little boy, <laughs> and him on the phone with a black market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, try selling my kidney to the black market. You're, you're fucking somebody else up. 
Yeah, he's gonna get a pint of Tatanka vodka. <laughs> yeah, I can I can saute the guineas in vodka and make a German borscht. Wow! <laughs> wow! Look, look who we have on the show, Hannibal Frank. <laughs> hey, that's a fucking better name. <laughs> oh God damn it! I am in pain. Dude, why did we have to have him this week, man? <laughs> Oh man! Man, uh, my my one choice is to give you pain. Thank you for letting me do that, sir. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, hey, Lee. We never had Lee kick off a song, so let him do the last track. Yes, Lee. Lee take Black-hearted that. woman. Yes. Black-hearted woman. Yeah. Fucking kick-ass tune. One of my fucking favorites. I love it. It is fucking A. That's it. Uh, Ian. Oh, well, I don't know how to follow that up. But uh, good rocker, dude. Just good closer. To me, I mean, I kind of get what you were saying about Valley of Kings being a closer. But to me, this this is a perfect closer. Uh, because it's it kind of sums up everything again. There's It's not the best song on the album, but... What they play on this song, to me, is a good overall of who Blue Murder is to me and, and what this album is to me. I think it's an excellent closer. I love this song. Ralph? All right. Uh, I got to say, this is the only song on the whole album that sounds like Whitesnake. Really? You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't think Sex Chowder sounds like Whitesnake? You know what? I'd have to go back and listen, but I see like the guitar, the, the opening riff is almost like I think it's... Bad Boy, maybe, on uh, the self-title, like, yeah. and, and the, it just sounds structured like White Snake. Maybe Sex Child does sound like White Snake. I got to listen to that one again, but it's very, very White Snake 87 sounding, and it's a great, yeah, you're right, dude. It's another great closer. You know, I, I'm happy with the way this album closes. It's, yeah, it's cool. I dig it. I, I like it, uh, and I agree with you. Not one of the better tracks, but... Uh, it's a great way to end this album, and you know what, man? It has to me, it has its faults, but as a whole, it's, it's very fucking good, and it should have done much better. And it's amazing it has it when it was run by probably the biggest record label at that time because they had White Snake, they had Guns N' Roses, they had who else? I forget. Uh, Don Henley. That Don Henley did good, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so. Uh, all right, so Ian, your job is to uh, tell us a little backstory on this album. All right, well, I'm going to kick the facts to you. This was produced by Bob Rock, and uh, this is this is when Bob Rock came into his own as, you know, like a solo producer. He had done uh, The Cult, he had done Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood, and this album. It was released April 25th, 1989, and was dedicated to the memory of Mr. Phil Lynott. And while it didn't, like, you know, storm up the charts or anything, it is now regarded as a cult classic. And uh, I think it's a good record. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's damn good and a lot better than a lot of other shit that came out in 1989. Mr. Gersman, what do you think about this album? I would have to say... It is a grower. It is kind of like the first time that I heard it, there were definitely songs that I liked a lot. 
and songs that I didn't like a lot. And as I kept listening to it, it got where the songs I didn't like as much actually were like better. And so it's now an album that I will think, okay, I'll listen to it once in a while. I, I'm going to say it's three quarters of a good album, three quarters of a kick-ass album, and one quarter of a not-so-great album, but that's better than some albums that are worse. Well, there you go. All right, Ralph, uh, how would you like to sum up this album? Uh, it's a great album, criminally underrated. <clears throat> uh, John Sykes is a, such a tremendous talent. I wish he would stop being all wacky. He's like Michael shanker these days. Uh, and let's hope he becomes more like Michael Shanker's where he got his shit together. And now Michael Shanker's out there running around making new albums and Bad Mouth and the Scorpions. Either way, I would love to uh, John Sykes to come back because he's one of my favorite guitar players. Love his tone. Love his structures. You know, he's up there. He's in my top five for sure. And uh, I, I love him, you know. And I would like him to come out with an album that sounds more like uh, Thunder and Lightning, but with the songs like on this Blue Murder album. So um, I think it's a it's a great release with a couple flaws, but overall I did enjoy it. And I will tell you this, Ian, I gotta be honest with you, I haven't listened to this album in many years, and uh, I have a whole a whole brand new appreciation when you told me you wanted to do this. So actually, on my last record store convention, uh, vinyl convention I went to, I found this on vinyl. And uh, and I never put it on. And I did put it on to prep myself. I even like, which is very rare, I took notes. Nice. I usually nice. don't take notes for albums. But, you know, it's been so long since I've heard it. Um, that uh, I, I, I got to say, I got a brand new appreciation. I'm glad that you want to do this album. And I really do hope this is a very successful episode so people can go check it out. Because, you know, you know Blue Murder is not really a household name, you know. Like, frankly, her. Right. Well, and, and, yeah. and what I want to say right now is... Bring your kids. Yes. <laughs> not, not only <laughs> do, I, do I want people to check out uh, this incredible album and all the other works by John Sykes, because he does have a lot of great other solo albums. And, you know, check out all the work that he's done, because he is an incredible guitar player. And what a lot of people don't know, uh, well, maybe some do, what became Winery Dogs was supposed to be John Sykes on guitar instead of Richie Cott. And and that's what Eddie Trunk brought together at first was John Sykes, Mark, uh, Mike Portnoy, and uh, Billy Sheehan. But John Sykes just kind of did a typical John Sykes and ducked out and said no. And then uh, Eddie Trunk suggested Eddie Cottson. And that happened. But more importantly than checking out the genius of John Sykes, people need to check out the genius of Frankly Gersman. And hey, quit talking about Frank. He is non-existent. It is Lee Gersman. You oh. don't want me to find where you live, do you? <laughs> no, I do not want you to know where I live. Uh, but Lee, Lee, please tell yeah. our, our listeners about your YouTube page and how they can check out more amazing reviews from you. Okay, um, my name on the YouTube link is, if you put L-E-E -E 
as the first name and then G-E-R-S-T-M-A-N-N. There's actually another guy named Justin Lee Gerstman and I think a guy named Iron Man Lee Gerstman. They are not me. I am the guy who is just Lee Gerstman. I have reviews. I also have, if you want to scroll down and look at other stuff, I have poems that, you know, with puppets and which I don't want to talk about much. And I've done other things like a few little like movies and stuff. But I do a lot of reviews. And in the beginning, I was doing reviews because I love the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. And I thought I want to maybe be like them right on their coattails and in my own way. And so it just was just if I got like 20 subscribers at the most and 100 views, I'd be like elated. You oh. know, it's 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 like so Lee Gerstman, I, you know, my YouTube channel, you know, I'm, I'm just doing it for fun. And so you can find my reviews. And if you have a review you want me to do, I might do it you know depending upon my mood but yeah it's it's just just for fun i would love but for you to it. review i would love for you to review my music um ralph yeah did you look on the um rock and mail combat page at my written review no he doesn't go on there because he hates that i don't i don't like okay. the page. i don't like that page i can do a review on youtube of it have i you gave heard? it a pretty I've... Oh, so you have heard my music? Yes, I. Oh. It, it was Thrash or Die. It was um, the the new one, Melting Your Skull. Okay. I heard it three times in a row. How do you hear it, by the way? Um, I heard it on Spotify. Awesome! Thank you so much, Lee. And, yeah. I, and I and I, if you don't mind, uh, uh, send me. Um, if you can cut and paste it, you know you can send it to me. If, if you, by the way, if you don't know how to cut and paste, I'm sure one of those little boys you're seeing knows how to do it. Ask them sure. so I can I can read it. I'll I'll do that for you. All right, cool. Um, uh, I know we're about to go to pick of the week, but I want to go back to Blue Murder for a second and see you know if either Lee or Ian knows this. Man, isn't it such a huge mystery the whole beef between David Coverdale and John Six? We never really got ever a clear answer, have we? No, I, I've never heard uh, like a clear cut face. I've heard a little bit about Coverdale was mad because uh, Sykes wanted a little bit too much control, or maybe he wanted more money. You know, I got I got a feeling it's a little bit of both, and he wanted some respect because he did add a lot to Whitesnake, and and he did change the sound. If he, and I love early Whitesnake, but once he came in, see, he came in during uh, Slided In. Now, Slide It In was already recorded, and then they signed in the U.S. with Geffen. And Geffen, the, the copy of Slide It In, you get the U.S. release, has John Sykes. The, the, the European has Mick Moody and I think Mel Galley on it. Yes. But uh, it, it totally changed the thing, but it brought Whitesnake to another level, especially in the States. And uh, I think John Sykes wanted some credit, and uh, Coverdale's like, uh, that's my money. But, uh, you know, this, uh, a lot of this is he said, she said shit. But no, you, you don't get a lot of definitive answers on that. 
And and correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, did it like some 20th anniversary uh, uh, slide it in come out with both versions? Oh, oh yeah, yes, and that is the one that I would encourage everybody to go on to. So you the, like you like the original one, right? Uh, yeah. What I love about while I love John Sykes' guitar work, the the European version of Slide It In has much more John Lord. John Lord was in the band at the time from Deep Purple. That's right. And, and if you you listen to uh, and Cozy Powell was on drums, uh, Neil Murray was on bass. If you listen, uh, uh, one of my, I should say, one of my, my favorite song on the album is Gambler. And if you listen to the UK mix, much more John Lord organ. And to me, it makes the fucking song way better than the American version. Because basically, they dumbed it down to make it sound like fucking, you know. Frank Lee that, Gertzman. Yeah, or definitely. Hey, <laughs> you can't dumb down me more than you can. I said, I don't get them down hey, anymore. Hey, than hey, hey, I said, hey, 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 I said Frank Lee Gertzman, not Lee Gertzman. Thank you. I, I, I'm in my schizo mood. All right. Sorry. Well, well, you know, and, and while we're, you know, while we're figuring out, you know, great questions of the universe, this is something privately Ralph and I have discussed to great length. But Lee, I think you are in a unique position to answer this. If a young boy says no, but not in English, is it still rape? Um, you're not a judge, are you? Uh, no, no. My answer ow, is, ow. if I don't understand the answer, then I'm the victim. Yes. And, and, and yes, I win. You never say whoa in a horse race. And if it's not English, it's a okay. Thank you. Right on. Thank you, Lee. All right. right. This guy is unbelievable. I love right. you, Lee. You're awesome, ah. dude. All right. Man, don't get me excited. <laughs> still didn't tell me your exact street address. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee. You are our guest. So, so why don't you give us your pick of the week? What do you think our listeners should check out? Oh, this is a no-brainer. To me, this is one of the best heavy metal albums of my taste. Um, I forget the year it came out, but it's from the group Bitch. The album is called The Bitch Is Back. It's got like, do you want to rock? It's got Skull Crusher. It's got, it's got a cover tune of Elton's "The Bitches Back," but it works, and it is fucking cool. Nice. And that's my pick of the week. You know, nice. I, I have sexy bitch on my uh, Facebook, and I gotta tell you something, Lee. I made a video yeah. for for Alice Cooper's song "Killer," and uh, yeah. She personally told me how much she loved it. Wow. Well, hey, you know, I, I, I <laughs> salute to you, man. I, I love the way he says, wow, like, fuck you, I'm Lee Gersman. I don't give yeah, a exactly. shit. Yeah, I know, I know. No, oh, no, I'm drunk. I'm, I'm actually dreaming about Ralph now. Hey, I, hey, it's hard to impress you unless I'm wearing some Oshkosh bagash. <laughs> actually, um... 
since I met you in person, I'm actually thinking it's not the real thing until you come back again. Oh, and I, I gotta tell the listeners this. Me and Bill Wing were out on the town, and we did meet Lee at a bar in San Francisco, and I had a blast, Lee. It was so nice to meet you. It was a lot of fun. There's some videos. If you go on Bill Wang's page, there's some videos of, of, uh, of our meeting. And I had a pleasure meeting you. And I am going to come back to the Bay Area this winter. And Lee, I want I would love to see you again. Yes, I want us to get together. And this time we're going to hang out longer. I know the night you met me, we had some other people we had to meet. We had a lot of shit going. But the next time I come back, I want us to hang out longer. I want us to go fucking just hopping from bar to bar, getting fucked up. Yeah. And and I want more people to meet Lee Gerstmann. Because I had a and blast. I want you to, and I want you to drink some strong alcohol. Yes, I will. Oh, oh, my God. Ralph, you weren't there. So, uh, so I'm already fucked up when we meet Lee. And Lee pulls out a uh, plastic jug of, like, the cheapest vodka in the world and asks me to take a drink. And at the time, I... I had to keep my wits about me because we had other shit to do. And Lee looked at me like he was gonna fuck. He didn't know if he was gonna cry, punch me, or bury me under bury me under his crawl space. But uh, next time I come back, Lee, I will drink your hooch and we will party. Right on. Very nice. Cool. Right. All right. And, and and I tell you, it was a fucking pleasure to meet you and Bill. And yeah. it will be a pleasure when I meet you, Ralph. Oh, you yeah. know, no, no, you are I can't a fucking guy, man. Thank you, man. I can't wait to meet you and Bill Wang, because I love Bill Wang, man. They're fucking cool. Yeah. What? So, so uh, this has been an amazing episode where, you know, we gave Lee the, the, the first option for Pick of the Week, and Ian, I got one. So there you go. So, for a change, we're going to have you go last. Okay. My Pick of the Week is the second album by Union. It's called The Blue Room. Nice. Uh, amazing album. Very. You want to talk about like Blue Murder? Yeah, Blue Room. There you go. Um, criminally underrated. Um, I think a lot of people were probably turned off by the first Union album, which I love too. Uh, but I feel like the the Blue Room they took it a different direction, and they made it more hookier, catchier, Beatlesh in some tracks. I mean, blatantly. Where they there's one song. Can't remember the name now. Fuck. I wish I had to see you in front of me. Where that it's total Beatles, where they actually mention Beatles songs and everything. Um, but uh, I totally love this album. I think everybody should give it a chance. But I think everybody that heard the first Union album, they were like, "Eh, I'm not gonna." You know, if you think it's the same old, same old, you're wrong. Listen to uh, listen to the second Union album. It's fucking amazing. Great, great album. And uh, that's my pick of the week. All right, Ian, so what's your pick of the week? All right, my pick of the week, uh, so far, this is my album of the year. And that's high praise because I am loving the shit out of the new Megadeth album. And this is something totally different, but I am so in love with this. This is the new solo album by Iggy Pop. It's post-pop depression. This is the album he did with Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age and Caius. And uh, it's very much in vain. If you know, if you listen to Iggy's solo career, it's very much in the vein of the, the David Bowie albums, The Idiot and Lust for Life, and even uh, you know, 79's New Values, which wasn't with Bowie, but was in the same vein. 
I'm I'm really digging this. I I think he's he's found a muse in Josh Homme that's brought out something that's been lacking in the latest Iggy records, and I'm loving the shit out of this. If you know if you like Iggy Pop, if, if you don't like Iggy Pop, this isn't going to change your opinion. But if you do like him, I really think you're going to enjoy it. And uh, as it stands now, Megadeth number two, number one is Iggy Pop, Post Pop Depression. Check it out. Awesome. My number one so far this year is Lee Gertzman's I Love You. That's true. That is a good one. All and right. I love you, Ralph. No, no, I said the song. I don't love you. Okay, okay. All right. I, I take it back, you bitch. <laughs> I love when you call him a bitch. <laughs> All I, right. I love Bill Wang. Now we gotta okay. go. Now we gotta go into fan of the week, and uh, fan of the week this week, dude, I love this guy, and uh, he's always on the rock and metal combat page that Ralph hates, and he also comes and checks out my show, the Wadzilla Rock Show, and that is Marshall Islands. Oh, I love that guy. I got something to say about him. Go ahead. But uh, yeah, he contributes. He shows up. He supports the both of us. And he is a great fan. Uh, he's bought the T-shirts that support the radio show. Yeah. And and he's he's just he's done everything you can ask of a fan, and is always there. And man, I, I can't say this enough. Marshall Islands, you are a fan of the week, Ralph. You got something to say, man? Marshall Island. Let me tell you. And I brought this up. Have you seen what this Marshall Island did to my eternal idol thing? Well, I've seen him post a lot of cool shit. Dude, he spams the fuck out of it. But in a good way. Yeah, no, that's my point. But I I, I, made, I said a joke about it because he also was on uh, one night on the chat room during the Dr. Fuck show. <laughs> and I said, boy, if anything happened to Eternal Idols page, um, I think Marshall Allen will kill himself. Because that guy is constantly, constantly posting, posting, posting to the point where it's like he's a, he's a complete spammer. And then he said to me, dude, if you want me to, like, you know, back off a bit, I go, are you nuts? You're keeping that shit alive. Because everything he posts about Sabbath, and you know me, I am Lee's nut swinger of Sabbath. If you're going to spam shit with Black Sabbath, you're my boy. So I love Mark Ryan. He's a great, great guy. And he contributes also to, to my, uh, you know, to all the cool groups other than that rock and metal combat podcast uh, and uh, <laughs> you know what and, and i gotta tell you this i know i'm coming off like kind of a dick i don't really hate the rock and metal combat podcast page it's very you know it's cool it's just not for me you know but i'll go i'll go on there and, and you know i do comment here and there i just don't it's that just i'm not going to say nothing negative about it but i do go on the rock and metal combat podcast page and if i see something of interest i will join in the conversation and I don't think I'm better than anybody. As a matter of fact, I got to say something. Because um, of Lee Gertzman, I now realize I am nothing but a mere mortal. Before, I used <laughs> to think of myself as some kind of god. But I just realized yeah. Lee Gertzman... Well, knives can shove... Knives can, knives can stab pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. And, 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 Ralph, I thank you for being on the Lee Gertzman Rock and Metal Podcast. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. you are like the star. I will take off your blindfold and point the gun away from you now. 
that's pretty impressive how you can point a gun at us while we're on your coattails. What are you, like the Linda Blair of the Exorcist? You can turn your head around like that? You yeah. are, you are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, I, I love Linda Blair, and I love that I'm Linda Blair. <laughs> your mother sucks cocks in hell. Thank you. Uh, Lee, you fucking rule, man. Yes, and I want to. I want to say, Lee, thank you so much. You fucking knocked it out of the park, and this is the first of many appearances you will have on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, thank you, because I love music and I love reviews, and I'm like, and little boys. Yeah. And, and 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 all that combined makes one tasty treat. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Lee. I know Bill Wang. You are no Bill Wang. Um. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm. A, we're two totally different people. That's right. And you. Know but I am ping pong. I love both of you. Ping pong. Ping pong. <laughs> that, sounded, right. that sounded kind of racial, but we'll let it slide. Okay. Hey, Lee, did you just call me a spick? No, I called you a ping. I called Ian a pong. Well, ping ping in Swahili means spick. Um, spick and span clean. You are a clean man, okay? Oh, man, what what a racist. You know, you know... If he thinks I'm one of the good spicks, imagine what he thinks about the bad spicks, because he calls me bitch. <laughs> uh, bitch means um, female becomingly, dog. Becomingly, intensely, totally cool he man. <laughs> oh, so I'm a bitch. I'm bitch. I'm. Yeah, it, it reminds me of a joke. Robert Bitchum. Robert Bitchum. <laughs> It reminds me of a uh, of a joke Lee told me. He's a priest and a rabbi around a corner, and a little boy walks by, and the priest is like, "Hey, you want to fuck him?" And the rabbi said, "Out of what?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh-huh. Stephen Kirsch. That was Lee Gersman, not me. Yeah, Lee Gersman told us that joke when we were off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, right. and Lee also told me a joke the other day. He said to me. I never fucked a little boy. That shit was funny. Ah, that was a joke. <laughs> I'm in pain, dude. I really am. These fucking oxy things are really no good. Being in pain. I yeah. love you for being in pain. Yeah, I know. I know oh. you want to bend me over and fucking plow my rusty bullet hole. No, I am. I am a decent man. Yeah, that's not what the little boys say. <laughs> I refute everything that I said. <laughs> Are you a judge? <laughs> I love that shit. Um, um, only, only when, only when my um, um, crotch gets out of shape, then I judge whether it's right or whether it needs to be straightened. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, All right. Speaking of that, let's get to the plugs. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting Podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. 
That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ray Fraley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcast. Earpeeler, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's. Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. Rock show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. All right. So, Lee, man, thank you so much for being on our episode. You were amazing. Thank you so much, buddy. I have to agree. (laughs) I was amazing. You are so beautiful to you. All right, Ian, tell us what, what's in store next week. All right, well, if you enjoyed this episode, and we know you did, come back next week when our guest is former co-host Terrence Reardon to talk Fuck about... Fuck that shit! Fuck that shit. What? Why? Lee Gerstmann's going to be on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast page. Not Terrence Baldini. 
Ooh. Fuck that shit. So who's gonna be on the, the show next week? Lee Gerstman. You heard me? Okay, I, I'm sorry. Sometimes us bitches have hard ears. Thank you, bitch. Lee I'm too drunk to do it correctly, you fuck. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We're out of work, Ian. Yes.